0: You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 43.
1: Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, Voice actor Crispin Freeman.
0: Hi there. My name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. This is the final part of my interview with my good friend and commercial voiceover casting director, Juan Carlos Bagnell. To wrap up our discussion, Juan explains how to handle seemingly contradictory directions when voice acting in commercials. He stresses the importance of working with what's actually in the copy and not trying to second-guess what you think the producers are looking for. He also explains how to take advantage of the current trend of using celebrities in voiceover and how understanding the appeal of celebrity branding can help you position yourself as a voice actor. I'm sure you'll find it helpful. And now,
1: the feature segment.
0: So it sounds like when first starting out, you need to understand that you're coming to solve this problem for the producers, which means that you have to have a very clear notion of what you have to
2: offer and what you have to bring right. to the table. And, and what makes you interesting, you know, that, that's, that's so much of it. Even even with some of these, and you, I, I, we've had this conversation, too, about well, we don't want an announcer, we want a real person, and then the language is chock full of anthemic speech and introducing and presenting and stuff. All of these announcer catches. And so you're even just fighting the logical notion of what they said they thought they wanted versus what they've actually written in the copy yeah and so i see so much disagreement in a lot of the direction that i read mm-hmm. but all of those people had to put out copy that they agreed on mm-hmm. and so if i'm going to be drawing most of my decision making skills and most of my analysis skills i feel should be weighted towards what's actually on the page in the copy Right. And then I can sometimes use the direction to sort of fill in a few gaps or to disavow. Like maybe they really, they they overemphasize something that they don't want that I might have approached from a certain attitude. Sometimes that can be helpful in, in narrowing the decisions that I have to make. And right. delivering the piece of copy as well.
0: Right. You look at the copy and you think, "Oh, this would be perfect in a British accent," and it says absolutely no, no British, British accents. Accent. And you go, "Oh, right. Okay, we'll do French then." <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that escalated to a very
2: specific um, instance. But yes, yes, that would be a, <laughs> a very appropriate way.
0: And I think to that, that the delineate, from my experience, that the way to be able to look at this copy to sort of be able to take your own take on it to bring what you are to the table means that you do have to understand the zeitgeist and the, and the environment that you are, the sort of ecosystem, in yeah. order to give something that you say, hey, I think I know what they're after. This is, I think, what they're after. And beyond that, this is what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. So this is what I got. And you either like it or, you know, I'll see you on the next one that matches me better.
2: Right. And, and and you have to kind of be okay with putting information out there that way. I also just want people to be careful that even even if we're aware, of what the current tone or the current vibe in advertising is, I can, I can point to a number of jobs that I've cast recently where the only thing that changed from one campaign to the next was the voice. The ad agency and the writers didn't change. The producers didn't change. The production companies didn't change. The directors didn't change. And so when they changed the voice, what booked that person the job in the audition does not reflect... The finished product that they put out for the commercial. So you might see this finished product where, you know, it's, it's really hard sell, very aggressive, but during the audition they asked for very real, very natural. Mm. They did book off of the attitudes that came from that audition process. And then that voice was mangled through the exact same machine that previous campaigns had done and ended up at a very similar result to the last commercial campaign that they did before. Ah. And and we can get kind of hung up and get kind of pissy about, well, it's not what they want because they're going to do this with the commercial, which is true after you've booked the job. But what booked that person the job was their approach, their take, their demeanor, their point of view, their attitude, their sound, their brand, whatever you want to use, their signature, yeah, whatever it is that you want to say to fulfill that, but that doesn't reflect what happens to them when they're actually in the session. And they have the client saying, well, can't we make this a little brighter? Can't we push this just a little harder? We really want to emphasize this word as part of the sale or the urgency of this. And you get all of those chefs kind of like adding too many spices to the stew. And then it becomes something that doesn't reflect what they did on their audition. Right. We see that often enough for me to even say that it's, it's important to be aware of what the tone of advertising is. But I think it's still more important that you walk in there with a very clear sense of who you are and how you accomplish this copy, because I still feel that that books you more jobs than trying to anticipate what producers might want.
0: Gotcha, yeah. If you spend all your time anticipating, you're playing a game that's impossible to win because you can't read their mind.
2: And, and I feel that it leads too many people to these sort of halfway intentions. Yeah. These, these sort of safe choices, which make them sound generic or flat or
0: dull. And it hurts your brand if the idea is, is that you're trying to put out your brand of what you sound like as a voice actor mm-hmm. so that when they think, you know, we need that color, that
2: quality, right. that's the guy. Yeah, he sounds like that. You know, I think it's one of the reasons why celebrities and voiceover campaigns have become so popular mm-hmm. is because, I, you know, like, say we're gonna vo- uh, we're going to book the new voice of Nissan, and I can go in there and say, well, I want someone... Mid forties, savvy, maybe slightly sort of a satirical edge to the voice. You know, not too bassy. You know, a very sort of a you know like a fatherly sound, but very savvy, tech forward, kind of a, an RYE sense of humor, um, huh. and uh, you know a, a clear presence and maybe a touch of texture to the voice. Mm-hmm. Or I can walk into that exact same board boardroom and say, I'm thinking Robbie or Danny Junior. Right. You know that is a brand. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is a brand, and they don't really want Robert Downey Jr. They really want Tony Stark. You know <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So you know, it, it's 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 why it's so important that you know we look at those things how they work. You know, like James Spader has cultivated a very sort of uh, sexy, dangerous. Vibe, You know, uh, with, with many of the films that he's done and many of, uh, you know, like even his work on TV, he always had that like sort of sexy edge uh-huh. to the way he portrays characters. And so, you know, you, you listen to his work on the Acura campaigns and it's perfect. Uh-huh. You know, that was one brand looking for another brand and those brands came together and we got some great synergy out of that. Gotcha. Um, and that's why I think as much as we might poo-poo this, this trend, there's a lot that we can learn from it. Yeah. Um especially for those of us who don't have the benefit of being A-list celebrities, you know, there's so much that we can glean from that pattern of behavior and how we can approach our own businesses so that we're maybe on slightly more even footing when we go into these situations. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's disappointing when the conversation sort of stops at well doesn't that suck that it, you know so and so got this commercial campaign you're like, yeah. And <laughs>
0: And there's going to be a time when he's unavailable or they're not going to have the budget. So, and so if you can play and understand the brand game, then you're, you're in, in a better line.
2: position to jump in there. Yeah. And, and also it's, it, it also speaks to the fact that we do things in commercials uh, now a bit more like we do things in film. You know, like I, I get a little frustrated when people complain about all of the celebrities in animated features. Mm. Um, it's very likely that that animated feature never would have been made if they hadn't signed contracts because someone in a boardroom looking at a a bar graph wearing a suit said, well, if we put so-and-so in this film, we can guarantee an X percentage box office return, which validates us spending $40 million on this animated feature. So without that celebrity, the movie doesn't get made. There isn't that sort of word of mouth advertising of the celebrity going on nighttime talk shows. And all of the supplemental voices who very frequently are cast from our pool Mm -hmm. of voice actors just wouldn't have had a job at all. Yeah. And so uh, the same thing can happen in commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Allen's the voice of Chevy. There are a lot of other voices that back him up. Yeah. And those voices wouldn't exist without his character and his timbre and his attitude driving the main focus of the campaign. Yeah. So do we get the same celebration, notoriety, visibility, no. We also don't
0: have the headache of the celebration or celebrity, notoriety, and visibility.
2: And otherwise, I don't know that we would be booking voices the way we would be if we didn't need voices to back up the celebrity on a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there are still some disappointing things, like especially when they get the brands wrong, you know, like a celebrity who I don't really feel brings a lot to the campaign or isn't really discernible from sort of any other regular voice yeah um but i i think we've gotten a little savvier about how we put some of those peanut butter jelly uh situations together gotcha. and uh you know like i i think chris pine was genius casting for the new voice of bmw hmm. you know like they wanted to go younger but it wasn't just let's go younger and try and replicate what we did with will lyman mm-hmm. for the bmw campaign it was well we can still throw attitude at this we can still throw sort of you know a hipper edge at this and then they ended up with captain kirk and you're like well, that's kind of awesome yeah i do actually kind of like that and i think his radio spots are phenomenal nice so you know that that to me would be a sort of brand on brand victory <laughs> gotcha <laughs> nice so you got to figure out your brand so you can have a brand on brand victory right Brilliant. and and that's that's i think a good a good sort of Again, we're talking a very, very umbrella approach to, to this sort of temperament or this kind of attitude, but I think when you're approaching your commercial voiceover career from this standpoint, that you're more apt to succeed. It's still going to take time because no brand is built overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're in, a, you're in a better headspace to sort of continue on a track when that's what you're hoping to accomplish right. you know, on this long game that we play. Gotcha. Now you offer classes, I sure do,
0: yeah <laughs> do you and I know I've taken class with you in Los Angeles.
2: do mm-hmm. you still offer l a classes? you know I uh, for the local game, um there are a lot of great places that offer some phenomenal classes in l a uh, and you know hit me hit me up online and I'll tell you all about them, and I won't tell you about the ones that I don't like um, <laughs> but uh, often for uh, the for for people in the l a market specifically it's more uh coaching and consulting gotcha one-on-one one-on-one private um partly because i'm kind of lazy and i don't like booking studios (laughs) you're a busy man Uh, you know it's it's just kind of hard when we're trying to tie that all together but it, it it also sort of speaks to the fact that there's a lot about the online interactive environment that i genuinely like even for people in california and so the, the classes that I've been teaching most recently have been uh, in video conferencing mm-hmm. uh, uh, technology sort of uh, places. So it,
0: you're this, the sort of
2: central medium area for your classes is online? That's, that's really where I, I like to accomplish the group work now. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's silly. There's, there's something that I like about people in the safety of their own environment... That I feel brings out a certain confidence
0: interesting
2: I, it's it's funny like I put someone in excuse me I, I put someone in a booth that they maybe aren't familiar with, and that very first interaction with them is very hesitant and is very you know sort of careful, and I don't really feel that they accomplish, and it takes a little time to sort of warm people up to the to the face to face. Yeah. of that situation and to get them into working in the space and then I come in really intense and then it screws everything up. Um, <laughs> I, somehow I doubt that. <laughs> well, okay. sometimes. Every now and then. <laughs> I, I'll, you know, like in in this whole educational endeavor, you will meet plenty of people that rub you the wrong way and I might be one of them. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, one of the great things about I, I found about doing group video conferencing, especially with some of the new tools at our disposal, are things like the ability to share some of what we've just discussed mm-hmm. in real time using examples online. Yeah. And so it's always frustrating to me when I've got a group of people in a room mm-hmm. and I have to turn my back on them to pull up something on a laptop right. to then try and show them as they all crowd around a screen – yeah, When I can instantly share that online and we can all watch it together from our respective screens mm-hmm. in our own respective safe places Yeah, that we foster our own safe creativity. And then we can come back and actually still have group discussion in real time. Nice. Um, there's something really exciting to me. And then also for the people that are in Los Angeles, you never have to get in traffic. <laughs> Which as people
0: are probably gathering for those who don't live in Los Angeles it's is pretty awful. A
2: pretty big concern of ours <laughs> right. when dealing with this city. You know, work on the 405 and Sepulveda at the same time. I'm sure was a great idea. Yeah. I so know who came up with that. Um, so that that's actually been one of the exciting things is these tools have finally matured to a point where I feel that we can accomplish a lot of the stuff without much detriment. So so if people wanted to take one of your online classes, how do they find out about it? Oh, uh, someaudioguide.com. There's a little tab at the top of the website for classes. They don't have dates on them yet, but uh, once I wrap up a couple projects, we're going to be starting a whole new round of beginner and intermediate uh, classes in January of 2013. Right. Really sitting down and making sure that I'm giving this the... Uh, The uh, visibility and the attention That it so rightfully deserves But that'll be really exciting Uh, In the meantime I'm still doing uh, either online Or in-person private coaching um, Tech consulting Uh, A lot of people also have issues With just how they set up their own home recording equipment Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not I'm not a A recording engineer By trade but I've been working with Microphone technique for the better part of 15 years So, So you picked up a thing or two Here or there? A few
0: Absolutely. And so
2: that's another thing where we want to have a reasonable conversation about how do you section off a space of your living environment, of your home, mm-hmm. to accomplish this when we don't get the benefit of music beds and we also have to capture the human voice at its lowest mm-hmm. often. Um, that That's another sort of hard, honesty <laughs> conversation that we need to have right. so while well, trying to set all this stuff
0: up. com for classes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all the and just general assorted and ramblings. The, and... the rambling, you have fantastic videos on there as well. <laughs> I love all your little demonstration videos about stuff and when you answer people's questions. So I, I love checking out your blog. And Aww, I, I often retweet your tweets because they're hilarious. <laughs> and what I love about them is they're from the trenches. You're actually right. tweeting in real time
2: about an issue that's happening to you uh, right now I'll this purposely is, wait like 10 minutes just in case someone, someone is following <laughs> someone yes. might be following me on Twitter and I, I don't want to <laughs> necessarily point out to them so, that I just complained about them on Twitter so you're on a variable uh, delay yes, but, yes. <laughs> we're kind of like the east coast to west coast feeds there but, yeah, but there yeah, is a, nothing
0: hypothetical about what <laughs> you're dealing ooh. with it is all intensely practical well, thank you so much, Juan, for uh, coming on the podcast. It was my pleasure.
2: I was really stoked to be here. Like Good. I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the work that you've been doing online and just sort oh. of furthering this, dis- this discussion as well. And so uh, I was really looking forward to, to hooking this up and, and sitting down with you on this.
0: Absolutely. Well, it was only a matter of time. And I have a feeling we'll probably end up repeating this in the future as well. I hope so. Excellent.
2: Maybe I'll be even crankier.
0: Yay! <laughs> we could be like Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. <laughs> Why do
2: we always come here?
0: I guess we'll never know. <laughs>
2: it's like a kind of torture, torture to, to, have to have to watch the show. <laughs> no, 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 Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks again, Juan. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. My, my pleasure, all mine, sir. Take care. You too. I'm so grateful to Juan for coming on the podcast and recording this interview with me. Juan's insights into branding, how to appeal to the advertising mindset, and understanding the value of your own interpretation of commercial copy are incredibly helpful. I've taken class with Juan both in a group setting and privately, and he's never ceased to amaze me with his guidance, patience, and mastery of the field of commercial voiceover. You can find more information about Juan follow his blog posts and sign up for classes or coaching with him at his website at www.someaudioguy.com Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.
1: You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com Thanks for listening.